Welcome to the Calvary Church Podcast, your source for transformational preaching, uplifting testimonies, and authentic conversations about how we can grow our relationship with Jesus Christ and live out His purpose. In this episode, you'll continue hearing from legendary missionary Martha Burton as she tells her and her husband's story about how they impacted the country of Venezuela with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our hope is that you will be blessed and inspired to do the will of God in your life as you listen to their story. We have been there five years. And uh, remember I told you they had sent two missionary couples. So by the time we got them settled, and uh, before we left, I was talking to Brother Isidro. Uh, him and Brother Moto were the two that we poured a lot of our energies into. And I was telling him, I said, I, you know, I just feel like we need to open a central work in, in Caracas. And uh, he said, you know what, I've thought about that too, because we had really built the church in Barquisimeto thinking it would be the headquarters building. And um, my husband was doing so much traveling at the time that uh, he wasn't home a whole lot, uh, even though the church was smaller at that time, thank goodness. And uh, so we decided to talk to headquarters about uh, somebody going to Caracas and Bian's brother uh, Azurisi and, and his wife had gone to Kumana, and brother um, Steve Barley and his wife had gone to uh, Valera. So they said, well, we think you should go. And um, that isn't exactly what I had in mind. I just thought somebody should go. <laughs> I was kind of happy with Barky Samantha. Uh, but anyway, that, so we, we uh, tried to find a house to rent. And, of course, things that were very expensive in Caracas at that time. Um, your $100 bill was worth about $100 in, in U.S. dollars. It's not even worth 10 cents now, I don't think. Can you believe it? Anyway, we were looking for a house, couldn't find any, and um, so we ended up in Chaliyavi, which was about an hour away. When Brother Burton was traveling, I was in charge. So I would have to take the six kids. Uh, Lonnie probably was about 16 then. He was the oldest. And we would go down and wait at the highway, and you had to walk to get there to begin with. And the buses would pass full. Well, they'd see seven of us standing there. So finally we got smart, and three of the boys would walk way down. Of course, they stop anywhere, you know. You just flag them down. So, but still, they would sometimes be so full, they would pass us up. And if you were lucky enough that they stopped... You had to sometimes stand. It was an hour trip in over the mountains. And when you got to the terminal in Caracas, you took another bus. And after you got off of that bus, then you walked to where the church was. 
and it was a rented building. Um, the first little building um, we had outgrown, so we were trying to find one, and we finally found one, but they said we would rather rent to a fish market than you people. So we had trouble finding a place. Uh, so we would open the doors, clean the church, and then we'd do our uh, morning service. Then it was about 12, so what do you do? The evening service starts at 6 o'clock. Do you trace back all the way back through this and then come back and then go back again? Well, there's nothing there but benches in this little room. So we tried it both ways. I don't know which was worse. Whatever was the last thing we did was the worst thing. So we would try it. But anyway, service would start at 6, so then you would have to go home, you know, by bus. It was quite a thing, you know. And uh, a lot of things happened there in Charlie Yavi. Um, Lonnie, of course, uh, was sports-minded. My husband is not in the sports, so I taught the kids how to play baseball. Uh, and Venezuela, that's their sport. I mean, you know, there's been several national players from Venezuela. And so, wouldn't you know it, Lonnie plays with all his heart on whatever he does. So they had offered him uniforms and money if he would be part of their team. Well, Brother Burton said, you're playing on Sunday, so that means you have got to make a decision. If you do that, you cannot be the leader of the youth group. Well, I thought, big deal. It's practically just his brothers, you know. We're just starting it. But uh, once in a while, there'd be one or two others, you know. And uh, so finally, he, he made up his mind. It did grow, thank goodness, uh, that he was not going to play. But, you know, you always wonder, what would have happened? He might have been a national leaguer, but you know what? It wouldn't be near as important. Yeah. He is a national leader. Yes. <laughs> He's got 40, well, 43 years in Venezuela. Wow. That's longer than what we were there. Wow. And that's not counting, counting his years that he was there as just a kid or a wow. teenager. Yeah. That's under appointment. So, uh, yeah, uh, I looked out, though, and they were at the gate, and they were playing with big kids, and here, Lowell, he's 10 or 11 years old, he's playing with them. So Lonnie says, Mom, we got to tell you something. I said, yeah. <laughs> he has his hand over Lowell's face, you know. So he says, come here. And he Oh, my goodness. I could not find his nose on his face. A line driver hit him right face, right in the face. So the neighbors took us into the bone place where the bone doctor, their um, specialist, fairly close. Um, and they said, well... It's uh, nice because it's broke right in its, in its place. Well, if it was broken in its place, it came out of place because it's still crooked. But anyway, uh, that was some of the things that happened there. And then uh, we had Brother and Sister Spears come. I don't know how many of you know them. Um, 
I think his name was Doral Spears. And, and um, we had just gotten there. So we were promised a stove that never came. So I was cooking on a hot plate and electric skillet for my eight people and four of them at Christmas time. And I had made German potato salad, and I told Brother Dorwell, he says, what kind of potato salad? This is really good. And I said, German potato salad. He said, I've been to Germany. They don't make it that good. <laughs> I thought, well, I'm sure they don't make it as, as hard as it took me to do it on what I've got. But uh, bless his heart, he got really sick in Venezuela. And it, um, found out later she kept saying, oh, you're just a big baby. You're just a big baby. And I, and I joined, and you know, I said, yeah, men are like that. <laughs> we found out that they had, um, uh, oh, some, something that was bad. I can't remember. Uh, where you have pain in the... Appendicitis. No, it wasn't appendicitis. Gallbladder. Gallbladder, I think it was. And uh, so I felt really bad. <laughs> then um, we came home one night, and they were robbing our house. And the good thing was, the robbers were still in the house. We had a big German police dog, but there was a narrow pathway on the one side. And so they had put the, one of the, there was two gas tanks. Uh, and so they had put it so the dog couldn't get get to, out through there. And so the kids, you know, they read Hardy Boy books. So they're going to they're gonna catch these thieves. And they chase them back to the back, down over the chicken coop. It was kind of like built out in the, um, it had a nice area where we ate out usually, but it was covered. And then down below there was, it kept going down. Well, they chased them so fast that they lost the the church money that they had taken. Half of it fell out. And so we got some of that back. Uh, but, uh, and, and then Brother Burton was traveling, and um, this man, he was over um, not only Venezuela, but at that time, but over the Caribbean. So there was, you know, like Jamaica... Um, Puerto Rico, uh, the three Guyanas, uh, which was French Guyana at that time, Suriname, and uh, English, British Guyana. And then there was Trinidad and Tobago. And so this minister, Brother Colomar, had heard uh, harvest time. So he was really interested in, uh, in our doctrine. So uh, Brother Burton, they gave him Brother Burton's uh, name. So Brother Col my husband says, well, Brother Colonel, why don't you just come over and see Venezuela? Well, he's traveling, so it's Lonnie and my family go pick up Brother Colomar. Never seen him, didn't know what he was going to look like. We're at the airport, and it was a black man. He had seven churches, and so uh, it was a Saturday. I, uh, we went to church, and I translated for him Sunday morning, Sunday night. And uh, he, he said he believed the doctrine, but uh, 
he said his church didn't want to be rebaptized. So we were trying to show him the, the doctrine where people had been rebaptized. But that was, uh, you know, really neat. We've got to go over there and visit their churches, and that was another story. I won't go into that tonight. But anyway, that was some of the things that happened in Charlie Yavin. Uh, another thing, we had an earthquake happen when we were in Chaliyavi, and I was in the kitchen, so when it started, you don't realize what's happening, so the refrigerator's moving like this, so I go to straighten it, you know? <laughs> and then it dawned on me, hey, this is an earthquake, you know? <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah, we had a few earthquakes while we were there. And uh, then another thing, uh, was the fact that we never had any water there. We had a big tank, but we were there two weeks without water. And so my husband said, well, we're going to have to find another place. Thank goodness. Can you imagine two weeks without water? I mean, we've gone a, a, a month without garbage. That's bad enough, but I mean, water is very essential. So we found this nice house in Los Castores de los Altos, up in the mountains close to Los Teques. Uh, very, very nice. And so we moved in there. And, we, and the good part of that was you could get a car, a por puesto, and so you only had to pay for your seat in that car, and you could go to Caracas. So it kind of, you know, made my life easier when he wasn't there. So we would uh, visit a lot of our churches. We, had visit, we went to visit Naguata, which is by the ocean there. And whenever you come down out of the mountains uh, to sea level, I would get in service, and I could not hold my eyes open. Once you come down like that into a low place, and so I'm you know, trying to concentrate on what the pastor's talking about, and I'm just going to sleep. Well, I was so glad one service was over because I was miserable trying to keep awake. Well, we get in the car, and Brother Burton had preached that night on uh, giving things in all circumstances, no matter what it was. Mm. We got up in the mountains, and a man that had been drinking hit us from the back and knocked us over 100 metros and 100 feet over. And um, it, was, it was just, we would go like that, and the car would flip and hit again, flip and hit again. We were breaking little trees off that were about like this. And it finally stopped, and we all crawled out. And um, the boys had been kept in because they were holding on to the ceiling. Uh, Lewis was in a little square by the, by the, in the front, and uh, Lisa was between me. Lonnie was at home uh, at, in the U.S. in Bible school at that time. But um, I had caught my foot underneath the seat, and so all the windows were broken out. And the only thing that kept them in was holding to the, the roof, which is when we got out, the car was how we even got out, I don't know. Um, 
It was a miracle, but I guess I got hurt the worst because my foot was caught in there and it made a hole in, in my leg in, uh, above my ankle. But it was keep me from going out the window. And so when we started crawling up and the, the dirt was all loose because of the car coming down, it was kept coming down on us. And the National Guard was up there and they took us to the hospital, but they were arresting my husband because he said they were, he was trying to kill a family. And what it was, was everybody that's ever gone over there has been killed. So we were so far down, they thought we were all dead. So he had, they had taken bribes not to report them because they didn't know how many were down there. And we kept coming up. They couldn't believe there were that many people down there. <laughs> they took us to the hospital, and uh, they put a cast on my leg of all things with an open sore. Mm. Nothing wrong with the bone, and a big hole. And uh, so they were going to put my husband in jail, so they kept stopping in these places, and they wanted me to go home. I said, no, my husband didn't want me me to leaving because they put you in jail and then they don't put your name down and you don't know where they're at. And of course they had taken money. So I didn't know where half of these places were so they kept stopping at different different jails and finally they stopped at one where it was close to where our church was and I knew where we were. So the boys had gotten out and they went to tell Brother Cedro because uh, during that time when we were home on furlough, Brother Cedro had given the church up and had gone into construction on his own. And, and um, when we were in Chalayava, he came and he said he wanted to help in the church in Caracas. And to my relief, hallelujah, some help. Uh, so they had gone to get Brother Cedro, and um, he got a lawyer. I went home, went into shop. But the thing of it was, how many of you remember Jean Duggar? Yeah, I was thinking, is this the time? She called and she told the Pazleys and she said, I don't know what's wrong with the Virgins, but they need prayer. Wow. I remember that. The church prayed and prayed and prayed. And... uh, you know, the people around us uh, there in Los Castores were very, very uh, nice people. One was a, a pilot of an airline. Uh, they were just good, good people, educated people. But we became known as the Miracle Family because everybody knew that area and the people that have gone over there never come up alive. And they didn't even go as far as we had gone. But one of the brothers in the Patati church says, well, I'll fix your car. He went to look at it, and he said, oh, my goodness, I don't know how you people are alive. He said, you can't do anything with that car. It was, it was just a miracle. It really was. But when we crawled out, Brother Burton said, make a circle. We're going to thank God. It's just the, he said he could hear the enemy laughing, saying, now will you praise God? So he said, we're going to praise God. And so we did. 
That was one of the things that happened in Caracas when we first got there. Um, uh, Brother T.F. Tenney, who was our, our uh, missionary director, former missionary director at that time, we called him and told him uh, after, after a while, after several days, he said, Brother Burton, we can replace cars, we can't replace families. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so we were relieved at that. Brother Burton, during that time, and of course, Brother Seidwell was very active with everybody and everything. Um, Brother Burton was a, awarded this medal. They said they had never given one out to a religious person. And they had to do it, it's called the second class, because they had never given one to a religious person. And we had a big dinner there in Caracas in one of the hotels, and some of the, um, this was during uh, Carlos Andres Perez time. He was supposed to come and present it, and he had an emergency, and so one of his I think it was the Secretary of, of, uh, of Work uh, give it to him. So I just thought that was interesting. If you wear this in the airport, you get really good treatment. <laughs> I should do that, you know? They'd probably find out it wasn't me, and then I'd be in the jail. Oh, goodness. Okay. Probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of people. When uh, we were smaller, we had some of our conventions in the church in Barkey Smith because it was the biggest one we had at that time. Uh, and in the conventions, they were really, it was like Christmas time for me because all the churches got together and, and people would get the Holy Ghost. And uh, of course, my thing was getting the Holy Ghost. And we had one brother that, I wanted to see him get the Holy Ghost so bad. And Brother Mota had made our platform in the Parque Cemento Church about three or four feet high. I think they even put it down later because he got teased about it so much. But it was about three or four feet high. And I thought, I'm here praying for this guy that's down there. And it's so close. The only way you can pray is upward because they're so close. And so I see he's getting the Holy Ghost. And I do a flip and I land right in the middle of them without touching anybody. <laughs> Brother Ramon Perez said, he still, he preached about that one time in Uruguay. He said, I, I don't know how that ever happened. It had to be God. He said, there was, oh, there was no room. And she gets flying off of that platform. <laughs> and right in the middle of that crowd. <laughs> Well, let me tell you this one. And when that same church, I don't know if I was teaching about the accordion or teaching and decided to do a, a song. I have no idea. But I had the accordion on, and there was a, a wire that ran across here, and I had high heels on. So I got my heel in that and didn't realize it. And so I go to walk, and I fell flat on my face. <laughs> And so I'm laying there, and here comes the old man up here to help me. And then he just stands there, so 
the, late, the woman that was working for me, her boyfriend sees he's not going to do anything, so he jumps up and comes up. But they couldn't figure out how to, you know, they just stand there and staring at me. So I finally crawled up and got up myself, and I, I knew the blood was running down my leg. And I had just bought a new pair of hose, and I was so upset. And I've got my accordion on yet, and so I'm patting my accordion. And I think, how dumb is that? <laughs> my accordion, what I wanted to reach my leg. It's blood running down my leg. Oh, goodness. It was one of those nice moments. Uh, I think that's what I, I call precious memories, how they linger. Oh, goodness. Uh, a lot of things happened in, in Caracas. We had musicals. Uh, we had never had a musical, and then Brother Isidro decided that they wanted to do a, um, a musical in a five-star hotel. These people have never even gone to a one-star hotel, <laughs> let alone a five-star hotel. So I'm thinking, oh my goodness, I don't know if I want to be present or not. But we all got dressed up and marched in there, and all the churches were coming with us. We were awarded after fasting and prayer, and they were doing Target City. I don't know how many of you remember the Target Cities. They do that occasionally, I think, yeah, but at that time, they were doing three or four, and we were hoping we were going to be chosen, and we were. And so he wanted to do this musical to raise money to help build because the other money was going to buy the land. So it was, it reminded me of Moses when he said, don't bring any more. Honestly, it was one of the most, moving thing as I've ever seen for an offering to see those churches and those people that are so uh, humble bringing up their checks and throwing them in. Uh, you see, they'll find found the box and they were throwing these offerings into the box and I mean it was just it was just like there was a presence of God there that was so amazing. I mean, it was a joy. It was, people were just so thrilled to be able to give. And I thought, wow, this does remind me of Moses when he said, you don't have to bring any more. Uh, you know, I don't know how much that offering was, but that was one of the times I thought, well, five stars, here we come. <laughs> here we come. Uh, it was a great success. We helped, after that, um, one of our missionaries decided to um, go to New York. And he had left his house and some furniture in Valencia. And they were just trying to start the church there. He had brought Brother Carlos Busto to uh, start the church there. And so we decided to move again to Valencia and help start the work there. We hadn't been there very long when Brother Jerry Burns, I don't know how many know the Burnses, and his wife, she was uh, 
an Urshan from the Urshan line. Her mother was an Urshan. And uh, they came. They had just been uh, not married too long. And um, we had already established a national fund which consisted of missionary uh, ties and pastor's ties. And we also had a fund for missionary, home missionary, the Young People's Fund and the Dorcas Fund. And we had printed out forms uh, for them to use because, as I told you, I used to get the little papers folded up that you couldn't read. You didn't know where they sent their money because they would send their money to a bank. And sometimes, if it was a foreign name, I became Martha Wilson for some reason or other. <laughs> so you never knew where the money was. But anyway, he put a book out that showed incoming, outgoing. It was just a, a good way for somebody that didn't know a whole lot about bookkeeping. And he put it in book form. So I really appreciated him. Uh, as I was usually half of the time the, the treasure without a vote. <laughs> They'd tell me later, you've been voted in. Oh, my God. But anyway, they were very instrumental in building and buying the lot in the church there and built a beautiful church in uh, Valencia. They felt called. He helped us in the Bible school. Um, but they felt called to go to um, Santo Domingo. Dominicana? Yeah. Uh, Republic of Dominicana. Uh, he went there and started a Bible school there. Well, anyway, after Valencia, um, we had had some rough times. Uh, and so they told us to go for a short time to La Mesa and see if we could rest up there. Uh, the thing of it is... Um, you know, you try to get away from people, but people won't let you. So they would find us no matter where we were. Uh, one brother Burton was over the over the area. Um, we were in Peru, up in the mountains. I mean, in one city where I mean, the last place on earth you think you're going to see somebody you know, and somebody says, "Hey, brother and sister Burton." <laughs> Oh, me. I said, it's a good thing we're not doing something bad because they find us. <laughs> oh, goodness. Anyway, uh, we moved to uh, Valera. That was after we had spent some time there. Uh, La Mesa, we went home on furlough again, came back, and was moving to Valera because my husband had this vision of starting a Bible school. So the first house we moved to, very nice looking house, but it was a nightmare. Uh, they, we was up in Las Ascenditas, nice area, but this was the last house, and so they didn't do a, a drainage ditch. 
And so when the rain started, it started washing all of the, the land away. And parts where I used to go out in my yard, it came clear up to the back door where the land was moving away. And you will not believe this, but there was a big yard and they had a concrete wall that went this way and this way. That wall was standing there like that, no dirt underneath this, and that was just hanging out there. A big tree that was in the back had fallen. And so it's raining, and I'm praying and walking the floor. I had my suitcase up. So I call a friend. Uh, he was an English professor. I said, brother, I said, well, he wasn't a brother. I said, Tomas, what should I do? This, this, this house is going to fall. And um, so we talked for a while. and when We couldn't get the owners to come out. We had signed a contract, but they weren't there. It was through an agent. So we couldn't even get them to come out and look. I told my husband, I said, I don't know, but when you come home, we are looking for a house. We're leaving, whether we pay for this house or not. Get a lawyer, whatever. I'm not staying here anymore. We finally got them out and found another, found another little house in Amparo, which was uh, a smaller house, not quite as nice. Um, all the keys in the house were had the key hanging in the door. The only thing was none of the keys were to the door that it was hanging in. So when we left, you know what? We had to replace all the locks. Yeah. Anyway, uh, God must have been in it uh, because there in Amparo, Lisa made friends with... Uh, the family uh, de Buc. In fact, she was very close to uh, one young man named Mario. And uh, they were kind of, you know, boyfriend and girlfriend for a while. And we found out there was uh, some two houses for sale up in where um, uh, Carbajal. So we went to look at them. We liked them. We made we said, well, we need to talk to the agent. And well, we talked to the agent, and he said, no, no way. We didn't have any money. We didn't have anything. Uh, the National Fund could have given us a little bit. So, but he said, no, um, we're, not, we're not interested. So when we found out it was actually uh, Don Dubuque's house, uh, we said, well, we're going to talk to him directly. So we did, and he said, oh, no. If it's for, if it's for the Burtons, they can pay it off as, however they want. So we paid uh, monthly on that to buy the Bible school where it is today. Uh, it was in pretty bad shape. There was nobody living there. The weeds were about that high <laughs> everywhere. But... Uh, it had good bones, and so it became Quinta Marta. And uh, that's one of the best things I think that we enjoyed was uh, the Bible school. Not only, uh, ours was kind of a different Bible school when we started because we only took people that were interested in pastoring. And it wasn't just anybody, so... 
Um, we started in a little hotel up in Betihoki the first two years because we didn't have any property. And um, the man that owned it was a really a grace developer. Um, he would call my husband. He said, uh, Brother Burton, he called him Brother Burton. Uh, those, your students, they, they, they pass me. They don't say hello. They don't, nothing. Oh, my husband said, okay, we'll fix that. So my husband has a meeting, tells them, you know, you're supposed to say hello. How are you this morning? Which was usually what people did there. I'm surprised, you know. But anyway, after they started doing that, he calls my husband again and he says, I don't have time to answer all you people. <laughs> I mean, that's just the way he was, honestly. It, it was always something. He, it was always something. I just thought, when I saw him, I'd go, oh, no. <laughs> but anyway, after two years of that, uh, we had, and we had to leave him there. Believe it or not, we did have somebody that was doing the cooking and that, but uh, you can imagine kids, Bible students on their own. Uh, Brother Jose was one of those. Yeah, yeah. And that's her uncle. And he was in one of the first classes. But uh, it was really fun. Uh, I had, sometimes when the cook got sick, I had to do the cooking. So I had plenty of practice cooking. But I was so happy that we did get the school. Uh, I think that was something that helped the growth of Venezuela more than anything else was the Bible school. Because you would say missionaries and they'd say, who? They had no idea, but most of the workers that came out after that had been with us for at least a few months. Uh, the first Bible school was only a couple months. And then after that, we kept adding on time as we could. But uh, I have to say the national, when we had nationals teaching also, uh, and missionaries that, that were teaching besides us. Lonnie came in um, 1977, and uh, he was in Kumana when they first came. He was on the east side because the east was one of our um, works that was slower because of the gospel seemed to spread from the west. And uh, Lonnie has been there 42 years. It's amazing. Lonnie James is starting a Bible school in the east. Beautiful piece of property that we waited several years to get because there was five people that owned the lot. It was an estate. They owned back garbage, back water, back everything, and they couldn't get together on selling it. Finally, we got them all together and finally got the lot. But it is a beautiful, beautiful. It overlooks, you can see the Caribbean mm -hmm. from up where it is. Beautiful. So that will be something that's amazing, too. But um, the Bible school, Lonnie would fly in and, and teach. And sometimes when he came in, my husband would do his trips or we'd go up to a hotel up in the mountains and try to get away for a while. 
The only thing is, my husband would call Lonnie and say, well, how's things going there? And he said, I thought that's why you were up there. You didn't want to know how things were going. <laughs> so, but the Bible school was a real blessing, and I'm thankful the workers that went out from there, many of them went with one or two people to a town that didn't have anybody else. And with hardly any funds, the ladies' group would kind of break, try to get them... Um, uh, benches, and then uh, the mission fund would try to help them with their rent. That was for a year, and then you're on your own. I mean, they really, they really had to have a calling. They had to suffer to get the work started. But um, I'll have to say, they really had callings, and they really had a desire to see uh, the gospel preached. And there's been, I forgot, Lonnie... Uh, James just put out a thing of how many thousands have gone. I don't. Did some of you see that one? It was uh, amazing. I couldn't imagine. Uh, of course, the Bible school started in 1976, I think it was, somewhere in there, um, in that small hotel. So it's been several, several years, but it's just to think of that. And of course, then the classes got bigger. Sometimes there would be 40 uh, students, uh, uh, husbands and wives, and uh, some people that were single even. Uh, and then they would graduate at the conference. Uh, things have changed because of the economical situation right now, but uh, Lonnie was able to keep the school going for a long time, even during this time. And uh, uh, it's just amazing what God can do even in hard times. Now, I just want to say, too, that I'm thankful for uh, Brother Matt and Sister Laura opening the house here. They have made us feel so welcome and so at home. And uh, I just pray God will bless them because it's really been a great pleasure to be here and to know them better. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Calvary Church Podcast. We pray that this episode was a great blessing to your life and inspires you to live out the will of God at any cost. You can find out more information about the Calvary Church at thecalvarychurch.com. We hope to see you soon. God bless.